Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. New week, new show. How you doing, Billy? <laughs> Get straight into it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm worried. I'm all right. How you doing? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> uh, how are you, sir? Mate, I am really, really good today. Really good. How about yourself? I just ate a deeply disappointing lunch. What was for lunch? It was a Thai chicken and rice noodle arrangement. Yeah. we uh, they, they forgot the Thai. It was really just like dry chicken and rice noodles with zero flavour. Oh, you hate to see it. It sucked. Yeah, that doesn't sound all right. <laughs> sucked hard. <laughs> what are we here to talk about this week? A patron request. That's correct. Of a motion picture. Directed by Christopher Nolan. You're just trying to, like, draw out suspense. I mean, it's in the title of the episode, mate. Well, so was it. <laughs> and this episode will be as good as that film. Um, Interstellar. That's right. Which you had not seen. I had not seen. Requested by a patron of the show, Megan. So thank you very much, Megan. It's a 2014 science fiction film directed and produced by Christopher Nolan. Stars Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway. Oh, that rhymes. Jessica Chastain, Bill Irwin, Ellen Burstyn, and Michael Caine. What's it about, Tove? And Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, apparently. You told hey. me that. I didn't even recognise You didn't recognise Timothy Chalamet. I, I, didn't, I didn't even recognise uh, Casey Affleck. I said to you afterwards, hey, was that Casey Affleck? And you were like, yes, very much so. So, that whole character just bypassed you, essentially. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, so Timothy Chalamet was him as a young kid, was it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Didn't recognize either young or old Murph's brother. <laughs> yeah. AKA dad doesn't care about me. I know, right? Talk about the favorite child. <laughs> it's not you, Timothy Chalamet. That's right. This is my daughter, Murph. And this is my son, Murph's, Murph's brother. brother. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So, what's it about, Tove? Oh, it's about. It's about a quest for survival of the the very human race. Yeah, it is. So I was like, I was really pumped when this film was going to come out. Like, it was Christopher Nolan, who I really like. Yeah, and it's in space. Yeah, I which love, we all like. <laughs> I love space. Yeah, we were in the throes of the reconnaissance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was, I was like, genuinely pumped for this film. Yeah. Did you, did you see it in the cinema? I sure did. Right, yeah. I reckon I would have seen it opening week. Yeah, okay. So that's genuine pumped for you to see it opening week. Well, no, I see fucking everything opening <laughs> week. <laughs> now, did it live up to that hype? No. That's not to say that I dislike the film, but do I think it's like Inception? No, I do not. Okay. I have an interesting question. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe I'm an idiot. Is the film, because it took me a fair way into this film before I went, you know what? I actually don't think this has told us when it's set. Is this film set in kind of a post-apocalyptic future or is it set in an alternate universe of our own timeline? That is a very interesting question. Because I had It had never occurred to me that this wasn't just the future. Because it never specifies the timeline. And if you look at the setting itself, I mean, I guess it's hard to say because so much of it is set on this farmhouse, but- it looks like a modern day, to if anything, ancient farmhouse. But there are things, there's farming equipment, which is, I think, more computerized and self-serving than my current understanding of farming, which is admittedly 
Zero. <laughs> Have you ever played Farmville? <laughs> um, the spaceships. I guess this is true. But that's why I think I thought it might have been just like an alternate timeline where maybe we were more advanced. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, speaking of the spaceship designs, one thing I did really like about this film was the production designs. Not just the spaceships, but in particular the robots. Robots typically have always had kind of a humanoid look, whereas in this, he's like, nah, fuck it. They're big old boxes. <laughs> They're just walking cubes. <laughs> I think it's to the film's credit that those characters actually do seem like characters yes. when it's a moving box. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's things like that that do help kind of eliminate dating from this film because- they are stylistically choices that it's not like you look at it and say, okay, that's a really 70s design or because they are so different from anything we've seen. I like the world building in the early stages of the film. Um, I love the the dust everywhere at the beginning and like the details about having the plates upside down and that kind of thing. I like the, that kind of lived in aspect of, of their lives. I liked that, except that the very next shot after they talk about having the plates upside down is somebody putting a plate on a table the right way up. And I was like, you just said the line. No, they were about, they were getting ready for dinner. So the plates live upside down and then they're going to eat. So they're flipping it over. Okay. All right. Fucking hell, Billy. <laughs> Did you even watch it? Um, speaking of those early world building scenes, though, tell us about your thoughts on the cuts to the elderly people kind of- talking about the you know like interview style almost i actually really liked it we're used to with the the cinematographers that nolan has worked with over the years two two main ones uh wally fister and hoiter van hoitema um I think, both really cool names oh, great names i think was this was this his first one with with the hoit i think and nolan like you know shoots shoots a lot on imax is a great defender of of the image so to start off with these very television-looking things, um, I actually found a really cool way of separating those from the film. Yeah, I agree. I really liked them as well, but I think straight off the bat, that was what got me thinking about when this was set because, as you say, they were very purposefully made to look like television, but they were made to look like television from the 90s even. Just And I, obviously that is, as you say, to separate it even more. But as a viewer, that really is what got me thinking, well, when is this set? Because even TV now doesn't look like that. And then the images that are designed to look great. My God, the image quality of the film is stunning. Like yeah. there's shots, there's lingering shots of like a house and corn where I'm just happy for that shot to stay on the screen. I agree with you. Like, the space shots are, are another whole thing which are absolutely beautiful. One of my favourite, arguably my favourite sequence in the film is on the water planet, which I think looks astounding. But, yeah, even the stuff on Earth is so beautifully shot and constructed that it looks great. Here's, here's a thing. How do you feel about changing aspect ratios in a film? It is entirely dependent on how I'm feeling about the film. Right. Like, when it changes in The Dark Knight, I do not care. There, I don't even remember noticing it in The Dark Knight. Exactly. Yeah. When it happens in- I remember you bringing it up on <laughs> The Last Night. Which had not, not two, like this film, but four different aspects. Yeah. So, 
if it happens in a film that's crap, I'll be like, uh, you suck. And if it happens in a film I like, I'm like, whatever, your choices. Look, and there are really clever ways to do it as well. Like, I remember Hunger Games. I don't know which film it is. It may be the first one I'm thinking of. And I'm not a particular fan of those movies, but the way they do it then is very clever. The sequences inside the, I guess, Thunderdome are in IMAX. And so, as she's taking the elevator down, the screen widens. Which is a very clever way of doing it because you do not notice it. I did find myself noticing it in this film because there are sequences where it changes shot by shot. And I understand what he's doing. You know, let, rather than crop into the, the 65 IMAX, let's preserve it. But it, it, does, it does throw me off a bit. Touching back on, on both the robots and the people in the film. And like the human element is never a strong point of a Christopher Nolan film, I don't think. Yeah, and I don't I don't personally think the dialogue is his strong suit. To me, the first hour of this film, as much as I liked the world building, I found that some of the dialogue was janky enough to take me out of it. I think he's amazing at high concept stuff. I think once we get into the later segments of this film, there's some amazing stuff there. But that first hour with the dialogue for me dragged. Because then when Tars does show up, like, the most human character in the film is probably this robot. Yeah. Yep. That's true. I do love Tars. I, I want a Tars. With, with, like, with the sass factor just at 100. <laughs> that was another great scene was right towards the end when he was kind of rebuilding Tars and he was setting the, the humour yeah. humor percentage. You want 55? <laughs> yeah. That was, that was very fun. Yeah. Occasionally, the dialogue and the, the human element does hit, but you wouldn't say it is there consistently across- Whatever the runtime of this was, two hours forty or something. It's two hours long. Forty-five, yeah, yeah, it is long. And I, I, if we've spoken about it a lot lately, I do think this would be prime for a fan edit. <laughs> I was going to come to that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the production design of the film, love it. Yeah. I really like that. Like the ships and a lot of the stuff inside the ships and NASA type stuff has that. Star Wars Blade Runnery used look to it. Yeah. It's really cool, particularly, and that makes total sense given the state that the world is in. Yeah. And then another thing that I think is great and believable, like I love the effects in this film. Yeah, it's no I wonder love this won best effects at the Oscars it's this year. total quality over quantity sort of stuff. And they, you know, they went to lengths to try and make stuff as real as possible. The bending of light with the black holes and that kind of thing, which is yeah, is really cool, and yeah. it looks it looks amazing. You compare that to a lot of the stuff we see with whether it be MCU or otherwise, which looks very, which can look very cartoony. Yeah, this looks like space. Yeah, I I read that. So they did have a um, astrophysicist as a consultant on the film, and he particularly worked on the the black hole and the and the wormhole design, and I think. From my understanding, they made very few changes just to make it a little bit more understandable as to what was happening on screen while trying to preserve what it would actually look like. And those sequences are fantastic. That I think that the middle 45 minutes of this film and the final 20 minutes of this film are by far the best parts. I think both those sequences are so beautiful. And there's a, there's a real kind of leaning into the Kubrick of it all. Yes. With the, whether it's when they're, you know, changing. I mean, not that they're changing dimensions in this. The legacy of that sequence in 2001 is alive and well yeah. in this film for sure. It, it's one, really well done. 
and I think a, a, a nice nod to a film that Nolan, I'm just guessing here, probably feels like, well, if it's not for this film, we're not here doing this. Yeah. And again, with the realism of it, how cool is the water planet with the waves, which, of course, if you're next to a black hole, yeah, you don't just get waves. You can surf. Well, you kind of can surf them. Yeah, as, the it, as it turns out. Cool. Yeah, that I think is the best sequence in the entire film. Just the entire it's look so of that cool. planet, the tension that it builds, the way the waves move, you know, because they're confused, obviously, that they think they're mountains. And then when you see the waves, you believe that. Like, they are so tall, they don't break like waves. They are literally just moving masses of water. And it's so beautifully executed. It is great. that And that shot, the last shot on that planet where we just get the shot of old... American Beauty dead face down. Yeah. In the water. Oh, fuck. It's a great shot. Yeah. That's a shot. It's not a shot that's actually particularly needed. I swear to God that it wouldn't surprise me if they were in the edit suite. I'm like, look, we don't need this shot, but fuck it. It can just linger there for five <laughs> seconds because it is shit hot. Yeah. I mean, the movie's already 245. Why would you cut a shot out? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, and then I, I found that really cool when they get back to the ship. An old mate, poor old dude who's stuck up in the ship. He greets yeah. them there, and it's been <laughs> however long it's yeah, been. Yeah, tw- 22 years. So, yeah. Yeah. And you, like, honestly, <laughs> that guy should be crazier at this point. <laughs> well, he was asleep for a long time. That's true. He did go, he did go to sleep. <laughs> but it's so cool, and it's just something that most sci-fi we get. We, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's labelled sci-fi, which isn't. It's just fantasy or action in space. Not the same thing. I love the fact that this film does care enough about that realism. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it serves the story really well. Yeah. There is a little bit of a fantasy element in that we're supposed to believe that Matthew McConaughey is 32. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe that's just what, you know, that's what dust does to you. Just just makes you age. That's why Anakin hates sand. <laughs> it's coarse and it gets everywhere. It gets everywhere and it makes you age. So on the cast, McConaughey's pretty good. Well, yeah, like I said, this He's is all right. <laughs> peak McConaughey time, yeah. really. Same year that this film comes out, True Detective comes out. Um, I actually only started watching True Detective like last year. So when this film came out, I wasn't actually up on. The McConaissance. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> I remember when it was announced, I was like, what? <laughs> what? But but the the guy from the rom coms? <laughs> yeah. What why? <laughs> and then I was like, God damn it, is Nolan actually gonna make me like Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> um and, but I mean now I like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, he he was he was very fitting in the role, I thought. And honestly, a gigantic cast. Really, as, stacked. as well as him, you got Anne Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, Matt Damon popping up. I was so surprised to see John Lithgow, Michael Caine, very recognisably Casey Affleck and Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> we all know this. <laughs> and my biggest surprise, Topher Grace. What's Topher Grace doing here? Yeah. <laughs> so I've watched this movie a handful of times and every time I forget he's in it. Yeah. And then up he pops, like, hey. And he's looking so mature and handsome now. Um, you know, I'm used to seeing him in, say, that 70s show. When he popped up- You're I, used to seeing him as Eddie Brock, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I had to Google to check that this was, in fact, Topher Grace. <laughs> um, unsurprisingly, love Chastain in this film. 
Yeah, because she's, she's great. She's just a boss. And I do really rate the casting of the younger and older versions of Cooper's kids. Yeah. I think both I think they're both just bang on. Yeah. Yep. What where are your thoughts on on Damon? This was so well done. Like no one knew going into this film, nobody knew. Yeah. It is I truly believe one of the greatest bits of stunt casting in history because there's the initial hey, it's Matt Damon. <laughs> and then you get into this we're, like we're so used to cheering for Matt Damon and we just inherently like Matt Damon. Yeah. So it actually serves the film really well, I think, when it turns out that he's the worst. Yeah, and you really don't see that coming. Like, it's not that well forecasted, I think, which is really nice. Like, it does take you by a little bit of surprise. Like, it's not, like, the world's biggest shock. But, yeah, it's just it's just a little bit of something, I think. Yeah. And he's actually great in the role, I think. If you watch it again, Billy, I think, and you know what's happening here, he actually is- there, there is enough there in those early scenes with him, right? That you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's not okay. <laughs> You'll be proud of me. I'm going to bring up the score. Yeah, love the how it serves the story on the water planet sequence, where not dissimilar to the score of Dunkirk with the kind of ticking clock element. Yeah, it has that, but it. It kind of sounds like water dripping. Yeah. It yeah. ties in beautifully. It's really effective and it's just cool. Yeah. I was a bit torn on the score. I really liked parts of it and didn't so much like others, which, I mean, it's it's Hans Bloody Zimmer. Like, he is one of the best scorists, <laughs> as we call them. <laughs> and I think I was expecting to like it a lot more. You know, like, I knew that it was at least nominated for the Oscar. I don't think it won, but- I think for me, there were just enough elements of it that I didn't love. This There was a lot of synth, and I think Hans Zimmer works best when he's working with orchestras and real instruments. That being said, I liked it, but it just didn't blow me away. But I do agree that there were times when it did marry beautifully with what was happening on screen, which, let's face it, is the purpose of a score. That's what it's there for. You brought up fan edit earlier on. Yeah. Can I tell you how mine would go? Give it to me. I'm really excited to hear this. It's basically the same film. Okay. Up until Cooper goes into the black hole. In the finale? Yes. Oh, really? So you keep everything before that just I'm about. fine with everything before that. Okay. Cooper goes into the black hole. Yeah. And then in the film where he goes into- The, the like library type- The time warp zone. Yeah. In my film, he dies and we cut to Anne Hathaway on the final shot. Yeah, and the okay. fi- and the film ends. Because so no, yeah, okay, it, like the bit of the film that I genuinely dislike is Cooper in the time library. Yeah, the whole. I was going to ask how you feel about that. The whole tying back and time travel type stuff when you discover that he is the ghost. I personally, I don't mind it plot wise. It drags on a lot. Like we spoke about, like how many times one of them has to say. I was the ghost, all right. <laughs> She's like, he was the ghost, all right. <laughs> like, it goes on for about 10 minutes of kind of flashing back to all these previous points. And it's, we know, mate, we know at this point, you and can stop drilling it in. Um, so, I suppose, yes, you do need to at some point get across that it's Cooper. Yeah. 
I just don't like that sequence. Yeah, no, I was the same. I wasn't a fan. It did make the watch tie into things, though, which I was happy with because I thought the watch was a bit dumb. I messaged you when that came up saying, mate, like, what point is giving a watch if it doesn't have a date on it? Because, like, a two-hour time difference is going to look the exact same as a 26-hour time difference. So, that's not going to tell you anything. It is pointless, Coop. You're a bad dad and you should feel bad. Because, let's face it, Coop is a rubbish dad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are we supposed to think that he's a better dad than he is? Because the whole, especially the later act of the film, really hinges on the relationship between him and and Murph. He doesn't give a shit about his other other kid. Well, he's playing father to the world, Billy. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, those early sequences, they're great at world building. They're not great at character building, I don't think. And I don't believe that he is a good dad for a second in this film. And I'm not sure if we're meant to or not. Even when he gets back in the future and he does and he gets to meet up with Murph... Doesn't ask how her brother's going, does he? No, he doesn't. <laughs> he could doesn't give, give a shit. shit. The kid who actually sent him messages for 22 <laughs> years while he wasn't responding, Merv did shit all until, like, he actually got out of the ice, the water planet. <laughs> <laughs> Just does not care about that son. He doesn't. <laughs> does, he, does he even, yeah, he doesn't even meet his grandkid, does he? He meets Murph's side of the family. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the others were too busy farming. <laughs> and w- when he's when he's saying goodbye to her, he's like, you know what, I'll come back, all right. We might be the same age, all right. Like, how is that comforting to your child? It's not like he's trying to pick her up or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, school kids get upset if you're five minutes late picking him up from school. Imagine if, <laughs> imagine if you were like, now I'm going to be late. <laughs> And in fact, by the time I get here, you will be a grown-up and probably not recognise me. Like, that's not how you comfort a child. Nice that we got to see old maid American Beauty again for, as far as I know, the first time since American Beauty. <laughs> do you know him from anything else? No. No, I don't think I do. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit creepy. There he is, (laughs) on a spaceship filming a plastic bag. (laughs) That'd be great, wouldn't it? If they got to the water planet, he's just there with a little hand With a cam. (laughs) It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And then he gets wiped out. (laughs) Where does this sit in Nolan's filmography for you, then? You said that you were super keen and then was kind of let down by it. Bottom third, probably. Yeah, right. But I say this as a Nolan fan, so actually, I like... I'm not saying that as, <laughs> that's not meant to be, this film sucks. No. It's that I really like Chris Nolan. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I feel that. Um, I personally liked this more than Dunkirk. I know most people think I'm wrong there. <laughs> You're not wrong <laughs> to enjoy. <laughs> like, no, you didn't enjoy it, Billy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably agree. I think this sits somewhere in the middle for me. So I'm glad I finally saw it. That's for sure. How are you scoring it? Um, most, like most of this film, I really like. It sucks that there's a there's some of it that I really don't. I, I think I probably get enough enjoyment to give this a seven out of ten. Has that score changed at all since your first viewing? And have you seen it all in between, or is this only the second time you've seen it now? This is the third, maybe even fourth time I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Um. No, I think I'm probably just pretty steady with my enjoyment of the film. Right. I'm a hard six. 
I liked it a lot, but as you say, there, there were just elements that I didn't. And it took me a long time to get into this film. I probably wasn't in the right mindset when I sat down to start watching it. By the second hour, like once he got into space, I was all on board. And I like a lot of the concepts in this film. I don't love a lot of the way that some of it is presented. And But yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a very hard six. And um, can I ask... I, I take it you watched this film as Christopher Nolan intended? I did watch it as he intended on my smartphone. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, sorry, in four sittings. Jesus. <laughs> Three of them on my smartphone. One on the TV. Oh, that so It's hurts. been a really busy week. I didn't have time to sit down for three straight hours. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be happy to know, though, that the- the night after I finished my final viewing of this, I watched Titanic in one sitting on my big projector screen. But Titanic's not as good as this film. <laughs> that's ouch. <laughs> Alrighty, so that's us. Thank you for making us watch this, Megan. I was, I was happy we did. Next week, we're going Oz. It's taken us 98 episodes to get to an Australian movie, but we're doing it. Yeah, I've tried to get you to Australian films before, and you're like, I don't like Australian films, as, that, if, as if it's a genre. Do not lie. That You've is, said that to me. I have not said that. You have. Mate. Billy, you have. Mate. I am not making this up. Mate. The Castle is a classic. <laughs> Two Hands. There are some great Australian films. Um, There's a lot yeah, of trash ones, too. There's a lot of crap <laughs> films from everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Finally getting to an Aussie film, we're going to go check out The Nightingale, which I'm keen for. Do you know much about it? Yeah, I've been keen for this for a long time, actually. I think it was... I don't know which film festival it was first seen at, uh, but I remember the reception to it being really good. Um, I haven't seen Jennifer Kent's first film, The Babadook, because it's meant to be petrifying and I don't need that in my life. Yeah, you don't do well with horrors. How are you expecting to go with this? Well, I don't think it's a horror, so I think I'll be fine. Okay. I was reading earlier that at the uh, Sydney Film Festival, 30 people got up and walked out during the film screaming and booing. Cool. Someone abused the director and got kicked out. I like that. Like, people- like, people having a reaction is great. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. So, I'm really keen to get to that. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If, like Megan, you decide you want to throw some money at us and make us watch something, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. And we'll catch you next week. Go watch a movie. Ready to go? Sure. All right. <laughs> I was wondering why you'd shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. I'm just going to warn you now, it's getting cut. <laughs> you can't cut the whole episode.